1: Now for our story. This morning at the Lane Farm in Wakefield, Peggy Douglas was bustling about with the manner of a person who knows she has a solemn responsibility. For Aunt Mary left Peggy in charge of the farmhouse when she went to Chicago with Peggy's fiancée, had commissioned her niece to look after Randy and Lefty Larkin, and Peggy was determined to do a good job. Her waffles had been a great success at breakfast and Afterward, Lefty had gone out to finish the chores, and Randy, Aunt Mary's son, had helped with the washing up. Now, armed with a dust cloth, the vacuum cleaner, and an expression of housewifely virtue, Peggy has descended upon her cousin's room to tidy up. Randy trails in after her. Hey, you don't have to bother with my room, Peg. There's nothing
0: to do in here.
2: There isn't. Well, look at this bookcase. You could write your name in the dust on it. Oh, I
0: keep it that way, in case I want to make some quick calculations. Never was any good at doing arithmetic in my head.
2: Randy, what would Aunt Mary say if she came in and found it like this? Well,
0: that's why I tried to keep her out, to spare her.
2: (laughs) Well, I should think you'd better. Although I must say you've improved since you grew up. goodness. I remember when I used to come in while you were in high school. You always had the table covered with wires and tubes and all kinds of contraptions. What a mess.
0: (laughs) That was during my radio-minded period. (laughs)
2: Oh, the squawks and yowls that used to come out of this room when you were testing a set.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was enthusiastic, but hardly what you'd call a mechanical genius. And Mom was always so encouraging, though. <laughs> she must have had nerves of iron to put
2: up with it. I wonder what Aunt Mary's doing right now, at this minute.
0: Yeah, so do I.
2: The house feels kind of funny and deserted without her.
0: It sure does.
2: Mm, it's early. Maybe she and Bill are at Del's having breakfast.
0: Maybe. Say, Peggy.
2: Yes, Randy? Oh, come on now.
0: Snap out of it. Don't you start worrying about Bill.
2: <laughs> All right, I won't.
0: It isn't as if Bill was going to be gone for a long time. Why, well, he'll be home before you know it.
2: Oh, I know, Randy. But you see, it's the first time we've been separated since... Well, since he got his divorce from Kit. Yeah. Randy, you never told me much about what happened over at the sanitarium when you saw Kit.
0: That's right. I guess I wanted to forget about it.
2: Why, Randy? Was it unpleasant or what?
0: Oh, well, it was an ordeal, all right. It certainly didn't turn out the way Mom hoped it would. Or Dr. Larrabee, either poor guy. I think he was plenty disappointed.
2: I'll bet. He thought that seeing you would cure Kit, didn't he?
0: Oh, no, no. Not cure. Those things seldom happen the first crack out of the box. But I think he rather hoped it might be important to her cure. Sort of break down her resentment, her resistance.
2: Well, didn't it? Not at all?
0: Quite the reverse. Well, when Kit heard my name found out I was Randy Lane... She became downright hysterical.
2: Hmm. That's odd. If you're the person she's had this... this fixation on, or whatever they call it... I mean, remembering you from when you both were children... If she's been trying to identify this little boy she remembers... Well, I should have thought she'd have been pleased.
0: Well, that was supposed to be the general idea. Only it didn't turn out that way, Peggy. She didn't remember that I was the guy who befriended her when we were kids.
2: Oh.
0: Now... Kit's just the way she's always been. You could tell from the way she talked, even in her wanderings. The same mean, vicious disposition. The same hatred of the lanes. And especially of you, Peg. That was the part that really made me sore.
2: Well, I know how Kit feels about me, Randy. It doesn't bother me. At least, not anymore.
0: No, that's good sense. Why should you let let it get you down?
2: Oh, it doesn't. But I do feel awfully sorry for her. And so does Aunt Mary.
0: I know. Mom even wants me to go back and give it another try. But she's so... so bitter toward the lanes that I... I don't think it'll do any good.
2: Well, it wouldn't hurt to try, though.
0: Maybe not. But will you tell me this, Peggy? Why should this family knock itself out trying to help Kit Calvert... Especially after what she did to you. Well, look at the way your father is still gunning for Bill.
2: Yes, but, Randy, Aunt Mary says... That oh, I know if...
0: how Mom feels. And I usually agree with her feelings about abiding by the golden rule. But sometimes you have to admit that a person is just beyond help. Or not worthy of it.
2: Oh, but, Randy, anyone deserves to be helped. I- I'm surprised at you. Usually you're so tolerant... So anxious to do what you can for people.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe I do sound hard-boiled. But I can't help it, so far as Kit's concerned. Because it seems to me, even if Dr. Larrabee does manage to cure her of this mental illness, she'll simply revert to what she's always been. And for my money, that's not worth working for.
2: Then, don't you intend to go back to the sanitarium again?
0: I haven't made up my mind. Mom's all for it, and... I hate to disappoint her, so I might go just once more and see what happens. It'll be something to do anyway. Way to take up an afternoon.
2: Why, oh, Randy, what a crazy thing to say. Well, I hope you're not feeling bored now that you've been home for a while. No, no, of course not.
0: It's not that I'm bored exactly. But darn it, I haven't enough to do. The farm's running smoothly, and Lefty takes care of most of the chores. <laughs> I feel as if I have a lot of energy left over and I don't know what to do with it.
2: Yes, I've noticed that you've been restless, but... I know I I have.
0: I've been thinking maybe I should get started on something. Some little business, maybe.
2: Hmm. That might be a good idea, but... (laughs) I can't see you as a businessman. You'd hate all the little details a businessman has to worry about.
0: (laughs) Maybe so. But at least it would keep me occupied. And that's one of the best cures for restlessness. Which reminds me, I have a little program worked out for you today, my pet. For me? (laughs) Yeah, I foresaw you'd be feeling lonesome for your boyfriend, so uh, I've got your day all lined up. Sister, you won't have time to feel blue. (laughs) And by tonight, I expect to have you so tired you'll drop off to sleep the minute your head hits the pillow. (laughs) Why, you'll be so exhausted. If anyone says anything about Bill's finding Mario, you'll say, Mario, who's
2: he? And uh, why is Bill trying to find him? <laughs> oh, Randy, you'd have to really put me over the hurdles to get me into that state of mind. That's all I can think about: whether Bill will find Mario, whether Bill and I will be able to get married.
1: And that same moment in Chicago, Bill Meade's thoughts were occupied with the same problem. As he waited in Dell Shipley's apartment for Aunt Mary, Bill Meade was wondering too whether he would find Mario Discarie. Whether he and Peggy would be able to complete their wedding plans. Then the young man sprang up eagerly as the door opened and Aunt Mary entered. Aunt Mary, oh gosh, I've been on pins and needles waiting for you.
3: I saw Dell downstairs, Bill. She told me you were
4: pretty anxious. Oh, I'll say. Uh, let me take your coat, Aunt Mary. Oh, thanks. Uh, you sit down and get your breath before you tell me what happened. <laughs> I guess I can stand a few minutes more of suspense. Oh, that's all right, Bill.
3: I'm not a bit tired. <laughs> I gather Dale told you where I'd been.
4: Uh, yeah, huh? She said you went to see Captain Russo. And that's
3: right. I've had it in mind ever since I decided to come along, Bill. See, I remember Captain Russo from the Conley case. He was so very considerate and helpful then. He seemed to be the sort of a man who considered the human equation. That's what I was counting on.
2: Hmm.
4: Yeah, Dell told me he's uh, chief of the homicide division now. Hmm. Uh, she was very doubtful whether he'd be willing to help or not.
3: I know she was. But Bill didn't know Captain Russo as well as I did. I'll admit he was pretty skeptical at first. But in the end, he agreed to help us out.
4: No! Mm. Bill, he's going to scour the city for Mario. Oh, but... gosh, Aunt Mary, that's the best news I've heard for months. Oh, those fellows know how to look for a person. What's their job? Why, in an hour, they could do more than I could do in a week. Exactly. I'm absolutely certain they'll find Mario. So this is what you meant back in Wakefield when you said you had a plan, huh? Mm. Oh gosh, Anne Mary, you're a wonder. Oh, just practical, Bill. It's always a good idea to go to a specialist when you want something done.
3: And that's what Captain Russo is in his particular field. Yeah.
4: Oh, gosh, this will make all the difference. Well, it means we'll find Mario, and and Peggy and I can get married. Anne Mary. You mind if I give you a big hug?
3: Why, oh, no, Bill. Oh, oh you yeah. mind my, my hat? It's yeah. my very best Sunday go-to-meeting one. <laughs> Never mind
4: that. I'll buy you a new one when I get my job <laughs> back. The fanciest hat you ever saw. One with a birdcage on it, if you like. Oh, Bill.
1: <laughs> but Bill's jubilance and Aunt Mary's optimism may come to an abrupt disappointment. For the young man they hope to find, Mario Discari may no longer be in Chicago when Captain Russo's men begin their search. If Mario agrees to Anna Bartok's suggestion that they move to the country, to a farm, it may
2: be impossible to trace Carla's husband.